You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget, hockey and basketball where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Get in on all the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. How you folks doing today? Nick, you there? You there, Nick? I'm here. Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, that okay. was you? Holy that was me, yeah. shit. That was, a, that was a hell of an intro. <laughs> Thank you. God damn. Producer Pigeon, well, what do you think about that? It's almost like you went to school for that. I, I think he might have. That was, impressive. that was impressive. That was impressive. Well done. Well done, my friend. Welcome to the show. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, it's, like... it's, it's not just going to be me reading things for money. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast. We got a couple of, uh, well, not a couple of anything actually lined up. We have a nice little season player review. Everyone's favorite newfound father, Tomash Hurdle. So before I get into that, though, let me introduce you to my, uh, my co-host here. I got Dylan Kayser. Hot and sweaty in the pigeonhole, as well as the pigeon himself, producer pigeon. How are you guys doing? We're uh, we're hot and sweaty, hot and sweaty. Excited to talk about Big Daddy Hurdle. Yeah, you know this is Big uh, Daddy Hurts. Yeah, Big Daddy Hurts. Uh, this is one of the first uh, player reviews. Well, actually, Evander Kane was a positive one, but uh, there's not a lot of positives throughout the roster for the San Jose Sharks. But this one is a positive, so we're pretty excited. I mean, this guy. What more can I say, guys? He just makes you whip out your cock and stroke it. Yep, there you go. For those As Jumbo says, yeah. exactly that. <laughs> that's a hard clip to find, by the way, because there's so much like feedback and people talking in the background. Yeah, that's a tough one. No worries, you guys found you guys found the correct one, so we're just gonna roll with that one. <laughs> so, just a quick little summation of uh, Tomas Hurdle. You, you spoke briefly about it being a positive one, and in more ways than one, he was one of the few, I think, only players that actually tested positive for COVID nineteen this season for the oh. San Jose Sharks. <laughs> And his plus minus two, he was actually plus one. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a segue, Nick. God damn. Uh, you played in 50 games. Obviously, he had to miss a few due to uh, COVID protocols, much like we just previously said. But in those 50 games, he had 43 points for an 82-game uh, pace for 71 on a normal season. So a very good showing for Tomas Hurdle. And 
and let's be honest here, for a guy who didn't have consistent line mates, for a guy who was dealing with the after effects of COVID, uh, the inability to see his son for the first couple months of the year because they were stranded down right. in the depths of yeah. Arizona, not that bad at all for a player who consistently shows that he's the true 1C for San Jose, and it's not actually Logan Couture. You can fight me. I, what I said is 100% correct. Uh, Dylan, I, I won't fight you, Nick. I I'm not going <laughs> to scrap you on that one because I agree. I think Thomas Hurdle has more offensive upside than Logan Couture does. And it, it's kind of interesting. Like this whole season, it didn't seem like Thomas Hurdle was really the, a standout player. He was playing all right, but like yeah. it, it wasn't his, it wasn't the most amazing season if you're watching game to game. But at the end of the day, you look at the stats and yeah, he still pulled through. Three points shy of his uh, career high in the National Hockey League of 74 points. He had yeah. 35 goals that year. And if you take into account uh, you know, last season, the, the COVID-canceled season, mm -hmm. he still was on pace again in the high 60s. He ended with 16 goals, 36 points, and 48 games. So a little bit under what he was projected to hit this year. But if you look at it, like 70-point season, just about 70-point season, and then another 70-point season, I mean, that's top center territory. And this guy does so much more than just score. He's really good defensively as well, you know, doing his job. Uh, up there in he's the top six. Whatsoever. He's not a liability. And again, you look at his underlying stats. Um, I'm not going to go into all of them, but they're all good. They're all where you want to see them and some very, very good and you know leading this team. I, I think yeah. if Hurdle's still on the team, if he doesn't end up getting traded, because there are rumors swirling around this player. Rumors and for everyone right now with this team. No, 100%. <laughs> but I do think you know this. he could be an 80-point guy and, and an 80-point guy consistently moving forward. And the Sharks need that. They need that one C. And if he can pull that out, if he can be a consistent 80-point guy, I, I think you're happy with Hurdle as your first-line center. Honestly, I, I, you guys said everything that I could have possibly have said. He was one of the few bright spots. I feel like, Isha, you said you don't want to go into too many of the advanced stats. I think if there was one player you could justify like just hyping up, like giving all the stats out, it'd be Tomas Hurdle. Now, now the producer's got some work, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> he was woefully he was like, unprepared no. for this. Okay, I mean, three it, three years in a row, uh, Corsi 4 percentage, uh, 56, 56, 54 this year. Okay. Fenwick, 56, 55, 54 again. Nick, hit me with some. Come on. I know he's got an <laughs> offense. I mean, if you want to just like justify those numbers and just the gravity of the situation, he only had an offensive zone start percentage of 45.5%. So he's wow. generating wow. those wow. numbers while consistently having to play shutdown. And it's a common theme that we saw. If you look at the best player the Sharks had this year, Vander Kane, I think he only had like a 35% offensive zone right. start time, and he still led the team in points. Well, he had and power I feel play like, too. A lot of power. Yeah, well, I don't think that's, you know, uh, how they're yeah. deploying these players as much as, you know, this is just a losing Sharks team that's yeah, in the defensive, a, a defensive yeah. zone a lot of time. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's relevant, obviously, because they don't have a Philip Deneau that can go in in their own defensive zone and win nine out of ten draws, it feels like, every time. Dude, and, and himself, to, if he gets possession back, can fire yeah. it up through the neutral zone because he's quick. Yeah, And make an amazing pass to uh, Gallagher to score a series winning. Is it Gallagher? Who was it? No, it was... Uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm Wasn't losing it, it right now. Yeah, uh, Lekkanen? Deneau made the amazing pass to... Yeah, Le Lekkanen. Terry Lekkanen. Lekkanen, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Who's so, an like, unbelievable depth player, by the way, with wicked hands and a wicked shot. So I, yeah. I love seeing him have success in this series. Yeah, but circling back to Hurdle, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where he has to play multiple roles on this team and still put up points. 
and I feel like he was relied on. And we talked about it. He wasn't all that flashy. I mean, he started off with a three-point game against Arizona, which was amazing. But if you look at just his usage chart, he's up there like against the top players every single night, like night in and night out competing. Yes, it's a shittier division, but each team is going to have its best guys, even if it's only three guys and they're all on the top line, like, you know, Anaheim per se. But you, you know, you still have to expect these type of performances from your top guys and hurdle quietly put up 43 points in 50 games. And I say quietly because I mean, if you just look at his game log again, it just go over and there was a brief stint in the middle where, or at the, I think in like late, early February, late January, where he had no points. And it seemed like, you know, he just couldn't get the ball rolling there. And then towards the back half of the year, he just catches absolute fire against Arizona, Colorado. I think he had a point in, he had like multi-game or multi-point games in three straight against Colorado and as well as Arizona. So I feel like COVID definitely had its impact on him. You could see in his stride and a couple of his games, you know, just the eye test. But that that hockey sense that he possesses is still there. Uh, but he's going into his contract year. He's at $5.65 million, which is very, very good price for, I mean, uh, I, I know I'm going to throw it out there and people are going to throw stones, but a team like Vegas that doesn't really have a 1C could take the next step, could beat Montreal, could go to the Stanley Cup Finals and win it all with a center like Hurdle centering Mark Stone and, and Max Pacioretty. That is a scary thought because we've, I mean, you know, off the podcast, we've talked about it before. That's one piece that the Vegas Golden Knights are missing. The only piece they're it's, missing. Yeah, it really is the only piece they're missing is that center position, a top-end centerman. And, yeah, it's... Nick, we look I at agree. Minnesota too, right? Like, they have, I mean, they don't have as many talented wingers and depth centermen like Vegas Golden Knights, but a similar build in that they have great goaltending, they have unbelievable defense, and they have some wingers who can get it done, but they don't have anyone who can be that elite yeah. play driver up front. Well, and Hurdle's at the age where there's going to be so many teams that are interested because, oh, man. you know, there's teams in different stages that'll still take them on. A, a rebuilding team still might be interested in a, right? team, in a player that age. Exactly. And then also, you know, contending teams, of course, they'll take on a Thomas Hurdle. So, I think there's options out there if they do decide to trade him, but there's a part of me that would like to see him stay here uh, in San Jose. Yeah, I, not only do I think he should stay, I think he should actually be donning the C. I agree. I mean, he, he's the type of player I think they should give Ferraro an A. They should give Hurdle a C. I feel like if you want to do this retool around your core and truly embrace the younger players, I feel like Hurdle is that type of guy to easily be a captain of a team. I mean, he started his career off with one of the best in the game, uh, not just scoring wise, but personality wise, you know, with Jumbo. So <clears throat> if I'm being honest, I feel like I, every Sharks fan wants him back. Everyone wants him to sign a, you know, a long-term deal. The problem is, is that he's 27 turning 28. You don't want to give him the eight year contract because then you're stuck with another shitty long-term deal. That's going to age like milk, you know? Not he to mention some milk. Not to mention the uh, the multiple knee surgeries. Now they're not. There's no such thing as injury prone. Now you can have soft tissue that can scar and continue to get hurt. You know, just example is uh, Eric Carlson's groin injury. But tendons, that stuff, that's that. There's no such. You're not going to re-injure that. It's not going to be more susceptible to injury if it's been surgically repaired. 
So, I mean, obviously you've seen that Tomas Hurdle has played phenomenally. Uh, usually the second year after his surgeries, he, he plays amazing. So you expect that going into the season. And I think the, the trade talks and I think all that really hinges on how the Sharks play next year. If they're a fringe playoff team, like we expected them to be this last year, not a bottom five team or a bottom six team, but if they're a fringe playoff team, I fully expect to see uh, him get extended, maybe a three or four year deal. I know he wants to stay, but if they're a bottom of the barrel team and Wilson and Wilson's or Wilson and Sons or whatever company you want to call them, if they decide <laughs> Wilson's and Co. Yeah. <laughs> if they decide, hey, you know what? We can get a haul for this player, because you can, especially at the trade deadline, from a team like like Vegas, if you bring a third party in or another team that's just missing that one center that can truly elevate them, then I'm not taking I'm not taking it out. I'm not ruling that possibility out at all. And I, I think it would crush a lot of the fan base, but I think it would also be the the eye opener to a lot of people that this is kind of where the sharks are at now moving I, forward. I think he could be one of the most valuable trade pieces going into the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And you he know that like holds that number one, right? On yeah, the, that holds a lot of stock, right? And if you're looking to turn the page for a franchise, and you have a piece like that that you can't trade, and you know you're potentially getting back really good prospects or, or draft picks, I really think you got to consider that. Yeah, not to mention there's always the possibility he comes back. So if, true, if, you know, if he finishes with the team and he just really wants to stay in San Jose, you know, he's got little Tobias at home. He doesn't want to transplant his family to some jalopy in the desert like vegas or something like that i you know there's a possibility he could come back rarely does it happen but you know it could let's not rule it out marlo came back yeah okay let's not talk about that let's move on yeah no yeah (laughs) uh we can go over just a couple more things about uh tomas hurdle if you compare, I don't want to do comparisons but obviously i want to kind of like emphasize your comps shut up you're a big comp guy now we're copping well, I mean, let's do like within the own team, right? So we had said on the previous uh, review, the player review for Timo Meyer, he was at a whopping 7.7% shooting percentage. You take a look at that. And again, you know, winger versus center, time on ice, all that stuff matters. But just the raw physical stat of Tomas Hurdle boasting a 17% shooting percentage, that's what you like to see from your top end guys. So. Yeah, no, I mean, 17%, that's that's a great number. You know, I've heard the guys in the locker room actually call him Wesley, uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are great numbers, and especially uh, when you compare to a guy like Timo Meyer, who you, you'd hope would put up the, uh, you know, similar kind of numbers to Hurdle. Yeah, um, again, it just gra- it just goes to show that with the with shooting percentage and with, you know, you, what was it, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? If you're shooting the puck more... I hope people understand that. I really do. Um, they will. If, the more you shoot, the more you're likely to score. That's just easy math, you know? So Timo Meyer's goals, reflective of his 7.7 or 7% shooting percentage, it's obvious that Tomas Hurdle's productivity, you know, it, you can put those two things hand in hand with his shooting percentage being as high as 17%. But what's funny enough is the next stat, his 5-on-5 shooting percentage, is actually the exact same as Timo Meyer's. Minus, you know, like 0.1%, but 8.7% for Tomash. So still something in line that you like to see for that type of player. 
But I think it's so funny that him and Timo are running the exact, almost the exact same five-on-five shooting percentage. Hey, hey, at least he's getting it done on the power play, right? You need special teams to win. Yeah, and even though the power play was pretty much dog shit for San Jose, there were a couple of bright spots, and one of the only bright spots being Tomas Hurdle. So what's the next one we got lined up? Uh, Points per 60 minutes, 2.7. I believe uh, Timo Meyer was at 2.1. Uh, so pretty good. Secondary assists at 45.8%. You know, generally all the underlying stats for, all good. for Hurdle were good. Yeah, yeah, no, they were solid. And offensively, he still put up the numbers. It was a good season for uh, for Hurdle. Now imagine if this was a competitive team, how good he would be. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, even if you look, and I think there's a little bit of something that we can read into. He had 10 different line combinations, by the way. Jeez. So you want to talk about inconsistency. He was put on a line with, uh, I think he had Nieto on the line. He had Marlowe on his line. He had John Leonard, Marlowe, and Rudolph Spalsters at one time. So, And he still uh, got it done. Bob Brunner even Donato. suited up for a game with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously showed the most promise when it was, uh, you know, the Hurdle Meyer and Balsters line, a.k.a. my balls hurt. Can't wait for that one to come back next season. Um, but another uh, great by the line. way, I saw a bunch of people on like Twitter and, and Reddit stealing that and not giving us credit. Yeah, that, you know, for shame. <laughs> if there's one thing that this podcast, you know, has done yeah, right, my balls hurt line is the ball. My balls hurt line. Don't don't take yeah. that away from us. Reddit. Give us some credit. Give us some copyright. Credit. Stick hungry podcast. Uh, LLC, baby. Let's go. Cite yeah. your fucking sources. OK, I'll bill you, uh, I'll bill you in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh fuck! Well, I was I lost my my train of thought. Uh, yeah, collecting PO boxes. Yeah, <laughs> his second most productive line uh, was that line. His his most productive line was actually the 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 final iteration of his his second line with Kane and Barabanov. You know, on his their wings. balls were actually quite pleasant uh, when yeah. they were on the same line. They they did not actually hurt, so it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we're a very serious podcast. <laughs> But yeah, um, we, we've kind of gone over all the stats that matter. We've talked about trade targets, you know, destinations. Could he be extended? Could he not be extended? But what truly matters here, Dylan, is our report card for him. What grade do we give him? Fuck everything else. What we say matters. <laughs> so, 100%. Dylan, I ask you, what would be your final grade for Mr. Tomas, father of Tobias Hurdle? <laughs> all right, so I'm giving Hurdle... A B plus this season. Um, I feel like he was, I, I don't want to say average, but he was basically on p- pace for what you would expect uh, from Hurdle. I, I, there's no real negatives to take out of this season. I don't think he was exceptional. I don't think he was a superstar this year uh, for the San Jose Sharks, or else I would have given him an A of some sort. So B plus is my mark. Again, we all know this. I've stated it before. I grade on a curve. I got a tougher being. class. You got you to gotta work in my class. No participation <laughs> ribbons the, the, and fucking no, attendance 2021 attendance 5%. Yeah. The, the curve being uh, 10 different line combinations as well as uh, COVID-19 diagnosis and all the possible implications that come along with that. And the, the just the struggle of starting the season in Arizona forever. I gave him an A- minus to see a player. But just everybody under- started in Arizona. Yes, I know this. Everyone on the Sharks did. But well, that, that, not that's everyone, what I'm trying to say here. But I mean, not I don't everyone think... performed like Tomas Hurdle performed. 
Okay, so, okay, fair enough, fair to enough. To take, you know, there's there's those who respond to adversity, and then there's Martin Jones. Oh, dear God, I just smacked the fuck out of you the boom bro- arm. broke your brand new mic. <laughs> I thought that was me because the video was playing in the background. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I had no, one there's job. People, there's people who respond to adversity, and then there's Martin Jones. So, <laughs> wow. you know, to be That's able to tweet. respond... <laughs> <laughs> to be able to respond, you get a little bit of extra marks in my class, so I gave him an A minus. Yes, okay. he well, could have been better. Look, Reddit will Reddit, Reddit will agree with you for that one. Nick. Well, I, I don't know. Reddit's pretty tough. They're going to say no. You no. should get like a B minus or something. They'll say uh, B plus plus. They'll shoot they the were, gap between us. They were they were calling us a joke for giving out the uh, the Carlson marks, which maybe we were uh, giving them too high a marks. So I don't know. Reddit, they're, they're they're like me. They're a little tougher on their students. Yeah, I mean, if you're a if you analyze Nick, a player more of a on guy. point, <laughs> if you analyze a player just on point production, you're not going to get the entirety of the player. Agreed. Like that's I not agree. that's not fair to the player. No, There's a that's reason not what why I'm basing it off. No, no, no. I'm just I'm fighting the Reddit okay. right now. Now I, we sit here and we talk about this, and then you have a di- you have a different grading scale than I do. Obviously, you're a Vancouver boy. I'm a a Sharks fan. I'm going to obviously have a little bit higher marks just out of my teal colored glasses per se i try to keep it as unbiased bunch of as possible in california i think wait what bunch of softies in california we just moisturize that's why our skin's so soft okay <laughs> <laughs> but to my point i mean you you can't sit there and just say oh he had x amount of points okay then he was bad well this the advanced stats the fancy stats and the people who make money with these, you know, charting this stuff out, they they tell a different story. So I, I maybe I put a little bit too much weight into advanced stats than I do points, or I I put a little bit too much into this than I do that. But again, these are all just personal report cards, and it's everyone has their own opinion, and that's what that's the best part about this is that we can all have different opinions, but we can all root for the exact same team. You know, speaking to the redditors of the San Jose Sharks subreddit, you know, we can all sit there and have our own likes and dislikes about players but at the yeah, end of the day yeah we can all hate on Martin Jones it's like yeah no, that we all have that on in the common. lunch lady <laughs> so uh, i i i asked not to put too much weight into my grade but i also have my own little rubric that i that i base it off of which is why we give our individual grades on this podcast because we're not a hive mind we all think different things so just wanted Thank, to thanks nick thanks for the for the ted talk there <laughs> thank you for coming to my ted talk i will leave now <laughs> that's tedx worthy yeah no <laughs> Exit I mean, great stage left <laughs> great great points though and you know at the end of the day i mean b plus a minus they're they're almost the same mark they really yeah. are at the end of the day they're like a one percent off yeah so great season for a uh, hurdle i don't think we're gonna have uh too many other positive uh, play reviews going on from here on out. Uh, Some so maybe that's ones, another though. reason. Some passionate ones, yes, absolutely. Maybe that's another reason why my grade is so high is because I looked at everyone else just shitting the bed, and I'm like, <laughs> just got Hurdle did it. so well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's all we got lined up for the folks this week. I think that's it. All righty. Well, we'll just get, we're going to end this one on a on a positive note here, and not a COVID nineteen positive note. We're going to end on a real positive note. So. You guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure you follow the podcast at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. You can DM me with your voiceover requests at Nick Floor underscore <laughs> and a nice crisp $20 bill or hell, I mean, even a Starbucks. I mean, fuck, dude, I'm thirsty all the fucking time. I'm even it's drinking Dutch Brothers bucks. right now. It's basically, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you ain't wrong. Uh, Dylan, where can the folks find you? You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN.
And myself at producer underscore Pigeon. Thanks again for listening in. We appreciate everyone staying with us this off season. You guys stay safe, drink your water, and have a great rest of your day. I'm sorry, baby. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just a little different from all these dudes. Okay, okay, okay. They riding waves. Me, I'm up on the cruise. Yeah, yeah. You feel like me, then you got nothing to prove. Uh, uh. I see them trying, trying to do what I do. Yeah, yeah. Even